0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're listening to Pressing Matters, the show where we go behind the headlines and explore issues driving the press. I'm Shazana Mukhtar. The U.S. midterm elections last week didn't follow the typical script. Voters usually punish the incumbent government by voting for the other side in these elections. However, contrary to expectations, Republicans did not make major gains in the House of Representatives nor the Senate. What does this signal about America's political direction? On the show with me today is John Zogby, public opinion pollster and founder of John Zogby Strategies to help us dissect the outcome. John, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Shoshana.
0: So results were still trickling in over the weekend, and it was only yesterday that it became clear the Democrats have maintained control of the Senate. Meanwhile, the House of Representatives outcome is still uncertain, although it's largely expected to flip to the Republicans. Why has it taken so long for results to be known?
1: Well, first of all, uh, a lot of these elections were very close, too close to call, and we knew that going in to election day. Uh, compounded then by early voting that needs to be counted, uh, uh, absentee ballots as well that still need to be counted. And then I think you would add to that additional scrutiny, the fact that um, more people are watching than ever before. And so best to to err on on the side of caution than to be flippant. Uh, But these are very, very close races. And so um, they're going to be double counted and triple counted before they're published.
0: You mentioned that it was expected that these races would be very close. But going into the midterms, I think many were talking about a Republican red wave based on historical trends and also just riding on the broader public discontent over persistent high inflation. Um, This didn't happen uh, and it did come as some of a surprise. Is this something that the pollsters got wrong?
1: Well, I think some certainly did. I did not. Um, You know, what made this year different is that under normal circumstances, even hotly contested races, there's a common set of issues. And then each side responds to the same set of issues. This year, you, you had two different sets of issues and two different parties and their candidates talking only about their issues. And so for Republicans, it was all about inflation and crime and immigration. Uh, For Democrats, it was all about abortion and the the fear of the status of, of U.S. democracy and climate change. In that sense then, it was hard to kind of determine where the crossover might be, uh, we we knew the Democrats were locked on their issues and their candidates. So were the Republicans. As it turns out, among the key factors were independents. We polled independents in battleground states. What we discovered is that they were leaning Democrat. And among the reasons they were leaning Democrat um, were, number one, abortion which loomed very, very large. Number two was climate change. And number three, independents appeared to be very worried about election deniers. That is uh, those mainly Republicans who did not believe that uh, Joe Biden was legitimately elected president of the United States. So let's say this was a complicated election.
0: Does, does this indicate then that the voter turnout for the Republicans was lower than for the Democratic side? Was it just as simple as that, that more voters came out for um, Democrats?
1: I, I hate to be complicated, but it's, uh, it, it's hard to get simple rules. On one hand, there were more Republicans who turned out to vote than Democrats. Exit polls showed that 36 percent. Who turned out on election day were republican 33 percent were were democrat kind of a reversal from uh, presidential years um secondly there was a lighter turnout among rural voters which is interesting rural voters are an essential part of the of the republican coalition and so in that sense no i think it's a little too um facile to, to conclude that uh, it, it was all about uh, party mm. turnout. Mm. In this instance, I think for Democrats, I think what worked for them were the right kind of issues for the right kinds of independents. And then there were personalities that were involved as well.
0: Mm. Now, there was a lot of attention paid to the Donald Trump factor in these elections. He endorsed some 300 candidates and how they fared was seen as a barometer of whether he had Republican support to run in 2024. So what do you think the results indicate? Is his influence clearly on the wane?
1: It is on the wane. It's still substantial, but it is on the wane. And we have no better um, testimonial to that than you're starting to see prominent Republican um, uh, media, as well as prominent Republican figures uh, asking Trump to step aside, to not run in 2024, you know, in the buildup as the campaign became more and more uh, in earnest, and Donald Trump was going to various battleground states to endorse his candidates, he did in characteristic fashion, end up talking a whole lot more about himself and his own plans than he did about the candidates. And by making it once again, all about him, he had a, a really a lackluster showing. And so now Carl Rove, who was the political genius behind the George W. Uh, Bush and a uh, heavyweight in the, in the Republican party, the Washington Examiner, the prominent conservative newspaper, in, mainly in, in Washington, uh, the Murdoch empire, uh, those are very influential. Murdoch's own Fox and the New York Post saying, come on, Donald, it's time to go.
0: There is still expectations that um, or he signaled that he was going to announce a candidacy this coming week. If he does, what? how will that play out?
1: One thing that we have learned is that Donald Trump does not play, play by any rules except his own and frankly, I'm not sure that he even knows what those rules are going to be <laughs> uh, until he until he announces. Um, I suspect that he'll announce he's running simply because there's so much talk about the governor of Florida and the huge unexpected victory that Ron DeSantis had in Florida. He's now sucking up a lot of money, a lot of oxygen, a lot of talk, and that. Uh, he and Donald Trump really are at uh, loggerheads with each other. I think the very fact that there's so much talk about uh, DeSantis suggests that Trump will, will run because I think that's how he's wired.
0: I'm speaking to public opinion pollster John Zogby on trends he's observed in the U.S. midterm elections. More from this conversation after the break. BFM 89.9. Thanks for staying tuned to Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar and with me today is John Zogby, a public opinion pollster and founder of John Zogby Strategies. We're discussing takeaways from the U.S. midterm elections last week. Earlier we were talking about Donald Trump's star being on the wane in the Republican Party and how this may cast doubt on his presidential nomination bid. On one hand, you've got the big shots or, or the uh, thought leaders uh, trying to dissuade Trump from running, but that doesn't necessarily translate to how the voters feel, how the Republican base feels. Do you think there's going to be a disconnect there between what maybe the top leaders of the Republican Party want and what the broader voter base wants?
1: Very good question. And I, I only know from what the numbers showed. And, and uh, of those who voted, on election day, only 36% had a favorable view of Donald Trump compared with 45% who had a favorable view of Joe Biden. So, I mean, that's a big differential. Those are still the two dominant personalities in, in presidential politics. So that's one signal. The other signal is that more voters said that the Republican Party was too extreme, then said that the Democratic Party was too extreme. So I think if you put those two numbers together, you get some voter sentiment, and it looks to me, uh, only in response to your question, that um, those prominent Republican voices that that I mentioned were are looking at the same set of exit poll numbers that I am.
0: But that said. I think we can still say that a sizable number of candidates who have denied the 2020 election results did manage to win seats. Yes. What does that say about the strength of the election deniers block in Congress? And how might that affect uh, policy moving forward and also perhaps the next uh, presidential elections?
1: That's another very uh, good question. Now, um, about 300 uh, candidates... Uh, at varying levels from local to, to Congress, Senate governor, ran as election deniers, a, a little over hundred won, So two-thirds of them lost. And one signal that we're looking at is that a number of those who lost actually conceded uh, defeat instead of saying it was all a lie. So that, that's one signal. Maybe this is burning out. Uh, a, a little bit. Secondly, the biggest significance um, of the election deniers is that some of them won as secretaries of state in their states, meaning they're the ones who govern, who votes and election rules. They're in a position to rule elections in their state. That's a red flag, you know, right, right there. Thirdly, in the Congress, the House, with election deniers there, some who were already in the House, Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example, Louis Gomer uh, from Texas, uh, plus some new voices. There are signals that the Republican Party in the House is going to move a much further rightward, and that, in fact, they're going to seek revenge against Joe Biden. They're going to launch Investigations of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, and they're they're going to seek vengeance, as I I pointed out, which you know could possibly spell two years of of chaos. I think that Republicans have some open sores. That's one. I think you'll see a battle between Republicans in the House and Republicans in the Senate, notably the leadership, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell saying, "Hey, we've got we have the people's business to do here. We got to figure something out, otherwise we're going to own this chaos going into 2024." And I think you know the uh, the other problem is going to be a a very bad split between Trump supporters and uh, Trump non-supporters. So while the Democratic Party is going to you know, have its internal difficulties, so too is the
0: Republic. I suppose the fact that um, they didn't win as much as they thought they would is also is just indicative of of the kind of seismic um, developments happening internally within that party. I want to zoom in on some of the, I guess, races that we're watching. And I mean, the results in Florida was one of those that um, that bucked the typical trend, uh, we were talking about Ron DeSantis, and he won re-election by a wide margin. Hispanics in Florida also um, went out for Republicans rather than Democrats. Do you think that um, this puts Florida firmly in red territory, that they're, they're no longer than a swing state moving forward?
1: Oh, I believe so. I believe that they are not a swing state. Not, um, it's been 20 years now, and even though uh, a lot of those races have been close, Republicans have been winning. Um, and now, the margin of victory, the fact that Republicans won in the Democratic stronghold of Miami Dade County in southern Florida. You know, this was the area Democrats counted on always to countervail northern Florida, which is heavy Republican. You, I don't think you can call Florida uh, for the foreseeable future, anyway, uh, anything but a, a red state.
0: Mm. What other states are you going to be watching to see if there are any changing trends?
1: Certainly Pennsylvania. You, you, we always kept an eye on Pennsylvania anyway, but this was razor thin. And I think it was because rather than the typical Pennsylvania, where you had a moderate conservative and a moderate liberal running against each other, you had two extremes running against each other. And ultimately, um <clears throat> Uh, You know, it's hard to draw a broad conclusion, but they elected a progressive Democrat who had had a stroke. Uh, You know, a lot of that was that they just never simply trusted Dr. Oz. But I think you have to look at at Pennsylvania as a a bellwether whether or not that stays Democrat or goes back Republican. That, of course, was the one pickup that Democrats had. You know, Wisconsin, I think what you had was a split vote. Yeah, the Democrat win, uh, governor, and a Republican win as, as Senate. You know, we're watching Nevada and Arizona. I still think as we move forward, we have to watch Texas. Texas is one of those states that, like Arizona and Georgia, is changing. Arizona and, and Georgia moving a lot further towards becoming purple states. Texas is r- right around the corner for democrats maybe not as close to around the corner as they hoped it would be but but it is around the corner
0: and we've been talking a lot about the Republican Party and the kind of internal fissures they're seeing there. Where do you see the fissures within the Democratic Party? Is it Are we going to see the Democrats go more left? It's something that has come up in the past few years, but the left side has never really gotten that stronghold per se. Are we going to see um, left wing Democrats, I guess, gain more prominence uh, and maybe gain control of the party more, more firmly?
1: I, frankly, we're going to see more from left-wing Democrats, and they're going to push. Um, and but I don't see an ascendancy there where they take over uh, the party. This is not new. This goes back fifty plus years: the progressive wing versus the moderate wing. And when the progressive wing has won, it has not done well. You know, won the the internal battle. I, you know, that's that's clearly one issue. Uh, I think also what you're, you're going to see among uh, uh, Democrats, um, are, are battles over, um, demographics and how best to bring back some of those, uh, Latinos who, you know, went, went the other, other side, how to give more assurance to blacks, how to turn, um, the support they have among younger voters into more younger voters. There was still a fairly low low turnout uh, among, in, in particular, 18 to 29-year-olds. To I think those are the, the key uh, dynamics there.
0: John, President Joe Biden has signaled his intentions to run for re-election in 2024. Do you think that the outcome of these midterm Elections is a sign in his favor. Was it a, a confidence vote in Biden, or was it more of a negative vote in the Republicans? What factors or developments over the next two years are you going to be watching to see if um, to see how bright his prospects are?
1: So it was a victory for Joe Biden. He defied history. You know, on average, over the last eighty some odd years, and all the elections taking place. Democrats have lost or um, the the party outside of the White House has gained an average of 24 seats. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. We we still don't know what the final figure is going to be in the House, but he has clearly done better than presidents normally do. That's a, a boost. I think things are going his way. His approval numbers are stabilizing. Um And I think he has a very difficult choice to make. If he says he isn't running, he will be a lame duck for two years and his agenda will be frozen. If he says he uh, is running, um, then he's going to be dogged by age and and that sort of problem. If he says I'm going to wait and secure more of my agenda – he starts to freeze out other candidates who have to aggressively raise uh, uh, an awful lot of money. He's got a very difficult decision, but all things being equal, um, and providing he can handle the that age issue, uh, he's done quite well and um, um, could very well be in a decent position to be uh, to be reelected. Believe it or not.
0: John, thank you very much for speaking with me and sharing your insights today.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you.
0: I've been speaking to public opinion pollster John Zogby, founder of John Zogby Strategies. This has been Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. Stay tuned for the 10 a.m. News Bulletin coming up next. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.